Hey Solomon, this is J. Rosemary. Are you tired of feeling overwhelmed and alone? I know when my children were younger, there was a lot of times I felt alone. That's why I started Solomon's Talk, this podcast. But you're not alone. You don't have to parent alone. And I, I keep repeating it because it's something that it seems we are convinced that we are alone. But reach out to me. I'm here for you. I can talk you through anything that's going through your mind. Because believe me, I've gone through some stuff. You can tell from listening to these podcasts that I empathize with you. And I understand and can connect with what's happening with you. So click the link below and book a one-on-one with me. We could just chat. Uh, No obligation, no... um, no commitment, just chat. And so don't parent alone. Click the link below and book a, book a chat with me. And no obligation, confidential and safe place to talk about you. Tired, weary, frustrated? What would you be doing if you weren't raising children alone? What's stopping you from living your best life now? On Solo Mom's Talk, I discuss with solo mothers the challenges you face raising children alone. So if you're a working solo mom dealing with independent children, insensitive bosses, weight and health issues, or even debt collectors, join us as we discover your path to get and stay healthy, increase your income, and live with joy and purpose. In this battle. It's hard to keep your head above the water. So win this fight. Studies show building healthy connections help you live longer. With that in mind, why not build your own connections by joining other solo moms for a monthly connect meetup? It's where you can ask questions, learn something new, or join the discussion of the day. Click the link below and sign up today. Remember, you don't have to parent in silence. Today I'm speaking with Lisa Bravo, mm-hmm. author, speaker, and highly acclaimed psychotherapist. Do I have that right? Yes, correct. Oh, great. Um, mm-hmm. So thank you for coming and speaking with me, Lisa. Can you tell me how you got into your work and, and tell us about the Bravo effect? What What is that about? Okay. So um, I started working with teenagers um, really um, after I had a pretty significant teenage life myself. <laughs> I was a very rebellious teenager, got into a lot of trouble, um, had very traditional parents who were doing the best they could with the tools they had. Um, but I think um, I needed power tools and they didn't have them. So I think that was part of it. Um, as I got older, I realized that it would have been incredibly helpful for me as a teenager to have had 
another adult that wasn't maybe necessarily my parents to have as a sounding board um, because I was not getting the best advice from my girlfriends, (laughs) Mm. Um, which is what teenagers usually default to, right? So um, I started working with uh, teenagers and, you know, realized that I understood them in a certain way that maybe their parents didn't understand. And um, I was able to sort of be a conduit between parents and um, their teenagers. And um, what I found throughout all of the time that I've been working in private practice with families is all of these families share a common thread. And that thread is that the teenager is trying desperately to figure out how to connect with their parent. And the parent is figuring, trying to figure out how to connect with their teenager. But because the rules have changed so much and the game has changed so much um, between parents and teenagers, it takes us as, as I think as parents, a little time to catch up and acclimate to all of the changes that happen with our teenagers. So part of what I've realized is, is really at the core is about creating a really healthy connection uh, between that teenager and parent. So the Bravo effect was kind of born out of a need for having a blueprint for parents where they could navigate what's going on with their teenagers. And the way I have the book sort of um, broken up is Bravo is an acronym. It's also my last name, but it's an acronym for um, this framework that I use when I work with families. And that the word the word Bravo stands for behavior, relationships, attitudes, values, and opportunities. And when I work with teenagers and families, I have them first look at the behavior because the behavior is what gets our attention, right? It gets us stopped in our tracks and it gets us paying attention in a much different way, right? Yes. But the behavior is just the is just kind of the this the sounding alarm for a lot of other things. So if we can understand the behavior's gotten our attention, now what's going on in our relationship with that teenager? What's going on in their relationship with themselves? What's going on in our parental relationship? Are we are we having our own triggers that are coming up from our own parenting? All of us, you know, as parents, we do sort of fly blind unless we've learned other skills. So so we always default to how we were parented unless we have some other skills that we've learned along the way. So then there's that relationship piece. What is the attitude? That's the next one. What attitude am I holding about my child's behavior right now or my relationship with my child? What is their attitude towards me? What is their attitude towards their peers or whoever they've just gotten into trouble with? What's going on in terms of their the attitude that they're holding? Um, and then what are they valuing in that moment? You know, lots of times we can look at kids who've been in trouble and we can assume the worst, right? We can assume they were lying or being disrespectful or being what Whatever we believe, right? But really, sometimes we, if we dig deeper and we understand how they were motivated in that moment, what was driving them in that moment, we might understand that they're valuing something like loyalty to a friend. It, at this, on the surface, it may look like you know sheer disrespect for an adult, but if we look at it from their viewpoint, sometimes they are holding a value, and it's important for us to be able to decipher what's going on there. Um, and then the last piece is opportunity, which I think is probably my favorite part of this entire framework because I believe there's opportunity in every moment with our teenagers from the most difficult moments, the most challenging moments to the smallest moments where we are just 
sitting there and being with them. There's always an opportunity to create change and connection with that teenager. And if we look at things in terms of what's the opportunity before we open our mouths, we may create a much different scenario for that day or that moment with our teen. Mm -hmm. Wow. I like that. Bravo. Bravo. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, that's that's very good. I I wanted to start off with that behavior because mm -hmm. that behavior is a is, is a trigger for not just the teenager but for the parents. Mm -hmm. And and I really like how you cascade it down. And, and I think if the relationship, depending on the relationship, you know, the reaction to that behavior is going to be different, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I like to think of behavior with parents. Lots of times as parents, we're doing the best we can, right? And so we're in a moment with our, our teenager and we're trying to manage it in the best way we can. The problem is that we become reactive to their behavior instead of being responsive. So there's a very big difference between response and reaction. When we're reacting, we're in our limbic system. We're in the part of our brain that's fight, flee, or freeze. And we are just ready for the lion to jump out from behind the couch and get us, right? So all of our instincts are to protect, to fight, to run away. So when that's happening for us, it's very difficult to make an informed decision about how we're going to handle the moment, right? Mm -hmm. But when we're responsive, we're in a different part of our brain, the part of our brain, our front temporal lobes that help us think logically and think about what's going on. And as parents, if we could just even take a 10 minute pause or just go to the bathroom, that's my favorite place. I just, that's my reset. I'm like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'll be back. They don't need to know I'm not going to the bathroom. I just need to get myself calmed down and get myself to a place where I feel like I'm going to manage the next moment in the most optimal way. And in order to do that, I need to get out of the situation and take a minute, get back in my own body, figure out what's going on for me, maybe compartmentalize. You know, sometimes teenagers can say they know exactly what to say to get our blood pumping, don't they? They know exactly what to say to get us off the phone, to get them in their in, to get us in their face, to get us to stop what we're doing. They've studied us since they were born, right? So they know what gets us ticking. And so I think with teenagers, they can be very accurate and precise <laughs> in getting us to react to them. And yeah. so part of our job is to understand that that's how they, that's how they're getting this like very quick connection, but it's not a healthy connection. It's connection, but it's not healthy. So right. really getting them us to the point where we aren't going to be reacting in that frantic way with them. We're we're not going to interact with them when they're in that space, but we are going to show up when they're calm and ready to talk about it with us. And that's when we come back out of the bathroom and say, okay, I have, I have taken a deep breath and I'm calm now. And I would like to talk to you about what just happened. And what, what we're doing in that moment is twofold. We are self-managing so that we can be responsive versus reactive, right? But we are also modeling for our teenager how to handle distress. Lots of times we think we're teaching stress management to our teenagers when we're yelling and screaming at them to calm down. <laughs> That's not when they <laughs> learn it, right? <laughs> right? That's not at all when they learn it. That's what how they learn to manage their own distress. And, yeah. and then we get upset with them when they're yelling and screaming. Now you've raised, Jennifer, you've raised three boys, right? Mm -hmm. Boys can get very scary when they're teenagers and they're all of a sudden bigger than us and they mm -hmm. puff up and they still, their hearts are still little children, but their bodies are like men and we're tr 
trying to figure out how to manage that moment. It can be very scary. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You saying that just brought me back to a couple of times. Now, <laughs> I have 15 years between my first child and my second child. Uh-huh. So with my first child, I was very, you know, this old timey, don't talk to me like that kind of woman, you know. So right. He got the hard end of the stick, literally mm-hmm. when he got mouthy. Right, right. I mean, I'm a single mm-hmm. mom. You, you, you yeah. understand this, right? No getting out of line, and right? Then, mm-hmm. And then the two youngest now, they get the tread softly type thing. So I went from being this awful mom that my son was scared to be rude to, mm-hmm. this lame person who just went along with everything. Right. And there has to be a middle ground. And yeah. You know, what's that middle ground? Well, I think that's a great question. And I think part of it is, and I don't know what your what your background is as a parent, but I think lots of times what we do is if we were parented harshly, we tend to overcorrect and then we're too lenient. And if we were raised in a home that were, there weren't enough rules and there wasn't enough structure and we felt unsafe because of that, we tend to overcorrect and be very strict. Mm-hmm. So our default settings sort of, sort of change and also probably Probably as we age, our default settings change a little bit because we ha- we're in a different place as parents. With your first child, you were considerably younger than you were with your second child. So we have life experience and wisdom that we didn't have the first time around. And um, I think understanding all of that's really important. And and it also comes down to just understanding how to read the moment. If if what you're doing as a parent isn't working, then maybe it's time to not do that anymore. Maybe it's Mm -hmm. time to decide, you know what, every time I smack you on the back of the head, and I get what I want in that moment, that doesn't mean that that's a cumulative response that you're going to get. Usually what it means is, and having raised a teenage boy, I know this firsthand, is if we teach how, if we're physical, and that's how we respond to our own distress with our children when they're young, when they get physical with us, it can be very scary, especially for single parents, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's no, you don't have anyone to, to kind of bounce things off of. And you're the only parent. So they really start to, it's very developmentally appropriate for teenagers at this age to really challenge what you're saying and to challenge you, but they're not quite, they don't, they're not quite equipped to have the impulse control and the, and the distress tolerance and the emotional regulation that we expect them to have. So what I would say is if you find yourself kind of doing that pendulum between all or nothing parenting, it's really important to start doing some reading and really get some books that kind of complement your parenting style. I don't think it's useful to have to find the guru of the moment if it doesn't if it doesn't resonate with you. It has to be really how you parent and and really needs to echo your philosophy about child rearing mm-hmm. and then, you know, really educate yourself. If you were raised in a family where you didn't have this kind of structure or this parenting role modeling, then you're not going to know how to do it. And when when things get rough, that's when we default to some of the more extreme ways that we were parented. Mm, good thing. Where were you 10 years ago? <laughs> 20 years ago. <laughs> oh wow that's that's something you know Mm -hmm. I really like to have these conversations because I think that we sometimes struggle so much with the basics 
Yeah. These things just get slipped through the crack. And before you know it, they're adults and it's too late to do anything. So um, I'm really hoping this conversation will help someone. And I'm so happy. I also, though, would like to add, Jennifer, I think, you know, I have lots of parents that come to me. I kind of feel when I used to do parent training, I would call this the uh uh-oh that's followed by the there's always an uh uh-oh that follows the aha. You know, you have your aha moment and then you go, "Uh uh-oh. Like, oh, mm-hmm. if I just had this 10 years ago, right? We just <laughs> start kicking ourselves right away. And the truth is, I believe that there is always an opportunity to connect with our children, no matter how bleak it may seem, because no matter what, at the end of the day, you are still the parent and they still have this deep and profound need to connect with you. It's a core, core mm-hmm. wound. And I wouldn't say that I have, I have people who come to see me for individual counseling and their hearts are broken because of their relationships with their parents or their relationships with their children. And I also know there's this yearning that happens. I mean, it's not a bond that you ever can really cut. I mean, there's people who don't speak to their parents, but they think about them every single day and their whole life is wrapped around trying to understand what happened in that relationship. So I think there's always an opportunity for connection. There's always an opportunity to change course. And there's always an opportunity to create relationship that's connected with no matter what's happened prior to that. Yes, that's true. <laughs> I keep getting urged, the urge to tell this story. I'm yeah. going to make it short because I, and I'm hoping that this helps. Yeah. So I have this son and he was going through some things and he had a knife. Mm-hmm. And he's 6'2", and mm-hmm. I'm 5'5", and he's angry and upset. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I walked up to him and said, put the knife down. Mm-hmm. And I was like this, so, you know, I was scared. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And he just put the knife down. Mm-hmm. And I've thought about that a lot of times. I realized that that happened because, and my youngest son said it, he listens to you, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? And yeah. that's where your R comes in, is that he's in trouble and that could have gone a lot of ways, right? Yes, it could have. We read about it in the news every yes. day, don't we? Mm-hmm. Yes. And I may get in trouble for repeating this story, but, you know, I just hope that we can emphasize that relationship part to build that no matter, you know, what the what things are like. Right. And having, it's having that relationship and that connection with you is yes. what helped him believe he could trust you in that moment. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And our, our, our lives can change in a moment too, yes. you know, so we really have to remember it, you know, every moment brings the opportunity. Yeah. yeah. And I think even if you, you know, having, I, I love that story because I think it's not an unusual story. I think that Lots of times when kids are acting out in violent ways, it's not because they're violent people. It's Mm -hmm. because they're hurting deeply at their core. And if you can address that with them in that very moment and just say, oh, you must be so very sad right now. You must be so hurt and you don't feel like anybody's hearing you, do you? Mm -hmm. That's the moment the knife drops, right? Because all we want is to be seen. And that sometimes, especially teenagers can go through some very dramatic ways Mm -hmm. to be seen and to be heard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So breaking up the momentum, what Mm -hmm. is grateful for today? What am I grateful for today? Oh, that's a great question. I am grateful actually for the, this opportunity, to be honest, to be able to make this book 
this very affordable book available to more people. Um, in my office, I don't have the ability to be able to see people. You know, it's not affordable for everybody. So um, I really wanted to take the time to sort of put document everything so that there is a very applicable way for parents to get all of the information that they need and to navigate through this time in their in their teenager's life in, in a way that makes sense to them, in a way that makes them feel connected connected and in a way that helps them feel like they're doing their job as a parent as well. Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. And and tell us now about the book specifically. So um, the book is really, uh, it's it's called The Bravo Effect, Strategies for Parenting Extreme Teens. And it doesn't really only have to be extreme teen behavior. Um, really, I think it applies to most teenagers. But if you're the parent in the driver's seat, a lot of that teenage behavior can feel very extreme. <laughs> um, there's a whole kind of you know continuum of what extreme means, and it just depends on who you are as the parent. I mean, to some parents, you know, it can be extreme if if they're child gets caught cheating on a test to other parents, it can mean drug and alcohol use or risky behavior or self-harm. So I think we all have a different experience of what extreme means. But if it's keeping us up at night and we're worried about it and we feel like we don't have the tools we need in order to address it, it's extreme behavior. So the book is really kind of broken up into, I I do talk a lot about um, drug and alcohol use, about uh, suicidal behavior, about when to find a professional. I found since we're so reliant on the internet, I found that it's sort of been a double-edged sword in a way for parents because I used to have parents that were very sort of tuned in about how they felt about things. And then they would tell you what they thought. And then we would kind of create, you know, a plan around that. But what I found probably in the last decade is a lot of parents don't have intuition anymore. They go to the internet for everything. They doctor Google everything and try to find out what the best answer is. And what happens is there's so much information that they get analysis paralysis and they don't know what to do and they get overwhelmed. So they just sort of like um, just avoid it, right? And um, I think it can be very, very overwhelming. So one of the things that I think is really important is to just have very sound information that's very simple that you can apply and then add as you go. But I think it's hard it's hard to find simple information. Everything's very complicated yes, when you when yes. you start looking on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. And if someone needs to contact you, how can they get in touch with you? So I have a website attached to the book and it's www.thebravoeffect.com and you can reach out to me there. And um, we have all sorts of plans coming up in the very near future. Um, we're going to have a book club. Uh, we're going to have some hours with the expert where you can ask questions and things like that. So it's going to be really exciting. Um, It's all in the works. So uh, feel free to me and um, ask me anything that you need. Okay. Thank you very much. And I have one last question. Do you have one piece of advice for a solo mom managing, you know, her household and struggling with a teenager that may not be in compliance? Yes. So I think part of, especially with single parents, I think the biggest, the biggest thing that they will tell me is they don't feel like they ever have enough time for each of their children individually and much less for themselves, right? They haven't even clipped their toenails in a month, most of them, right? (laughs) So part of what the first thing that I would say to a single mom, which I've worked with lots of single parents, is that the first thing you can do to take the best care of your children 
is to take good care of yourself, whatever that means. If that means you sit in your car for an hour and listen to your favorite music before you come in the house, do it. If that means you take a bubble bath and you don't let anyone in your room every single night and that's your 20 minute ritual, do it. If that means you put the kids in charge of dinner one night a week and you go out to dinner by yourself, you do it. Whatever those things are. And I'm not talking about hygiene because I will talk to lots of parents about this and they think hygiene counts. Hygiene doesn't count. (laughs) I mean, like true self-care, things that feed you at the core. And I think having a community of people that understand what you're going through and can sort of kind of like help you, you know, manage what you're going through and support you through it is really, really important. I think I have some very select friends that have been really helpful through my parenting struggles. And believe it or not, even therapists have children that they struggle with. (laughs) It happens. Um, So I think just having community support and self-care are the two most important things that will help like get you ready to be the parent that you want to be. The kids are still going to act out. The kids are still going to give us problems. They just do. That's what kids do. It's their Mm -hmm. job as teenagers to figure out what their boundaries are. And we always figure out how to muster up enough energy to get into the battles with them, to put our foot down, to get in their faces. But it's really hard for us to get the energy sometimes to take care of ourselves. So I think if you make that part of your, like, it's like a, it's non-negotiable. I'm going to do this one thing for myself every day, no matter what's on fire in my house, that you're just taking care of yourself in a very conscious way. It will make a huge difference in how you show up in other moments with your kids. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you very much, Dr. Bravo. You're very welcome. You to speak with me today. And I'll put the information about your book in the show notes. And thank you. Thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. Are you struggling to communicate with your teen or young adult? It can seem like your teen has morphed into a different person overnight, right? But don't give up hope. There's help available from experts like Lisa Bravo. If you want support from moms who's been where you are or are going through similar experiences, join our next Connect Meetup. It's a virtual meetup where you can ask questions, share your experience, or empathize with mom's parenting alone, among other things. So click the Connect Meetup link below and join the waitlist for our next meetup. That way, you will get notification on the specific date and time. So click the link below to join Connect Meetup. Remember, you don't have to parent in silence. Hello, solar moms. As a solar mom of three adult sons, I understand the challenges you face on a daily basis. As a mentor, my mission is to help you shift your mindset and empower you to take control of your life, to see yourself as God sees you. I know that unresolved trauma can be a heavy burden to carry, and parenting alone can be a lonely journey. But it doesn't have to be that way. I want you to know that you are not alone. You have the strength and resilience to overcome your challenges and create the life you desire. I want to help you to make the effort to tackle unresolved trauma and change your perspective so you can live the life you deserve. 
I offer complimentary consultation where we can discuss how to move forward, create a plan to help you heal and empower you. You can schedule a consultation by emailing me at jen at jrosemarie.com or by calling plus one, 917-994-1329 or schedule a consultation with the link below. I am here for you and I want to help you take the first step towards healing and empowerment. Don't let unresolved trauma hold you back any longer. Don't parent in silence. So take action today and let's work together to empower you to live the life you desire.